early bird tickets are now on sale for Humane, Unmade's next event, exploring the intersection between human creativity and AI. Humane takes place in Sydney on July the 12th. Hear the latest thinking on the arrival of the most disruptive technology of the decade and how it will change the world of media and marketing. Early bird tickets start from just $360 if you book now. Go to humane.au. I'd better spell that H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U. That's humane.au. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, finally a launch date for Warner Brothers to stream into Australia. How Nine killed it in the first quarter. And claiming the field in AI. Unmade. It's Monday, April 4. I'm A Beauty and good morning, Tim Burrows. How are you? Good morning, Abe. I'm very good, although I, I'm, I'm back in Tasmania now after a quick trip to Melbourne. And I noticed this morning when I wandered into the office, this was the, the, the first time this year that I thought, oh, I might have to turn the radiator on here. The, uh, the, the early winter is beginning to arrive here in Tasmania. It is good to have daylight savings finished for those of us in the eastern states that enjoy or or uh, put up with daylight savings. Good to have a bit more light in the morning, though. You'd be happy with that, getting up at 5.30 for your uh, your jog around the block? <laughs> That's definitely not on the agenda. Anyway, how was your weekend? It was good. Uh, my wife was away for the weekend, so it was me and the kids and kids' sport and all sorts of things. But, um, yeah, they're good weekends as well. How was yours? Very good. Yes, I had a, a at the end of last week. I had a quick trip into Melbourne for the uh, Grand Prix. I went along to practice day as a guest of Paramount, the owners of Ten. So you kind of you you feel in proximity to the stars. You know, I sort of you know at one point glimpsed Daniel Ricardo, sort of you know doing some interviews, and you know found myself making polite conversation with various goggle boxes and that sort of thing. So that for me was the uh, the glamour of Formula One. Where shall we start this week? Well, let's start with the Australian. They've got the news we've been waiting for for a while. The launch of Warner Brothers Discovery streaming service in Australia, Tim. Why is this such a big deal and do we need another streaming service? <laughs> Good question. Three letters, H-B-O. So uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, amongst many other uh, parts of the family, own HBO, the people who put together, you know, those those amazingly popular, high production value, expensive shows like Game of Thrones, like Succession. So up to now, um, that's all been aired on when, when it comes to certainly the pay TV rights on uh, Foxtel Group. So that's on Foxtel itself and on Binge. Uh, but uh, but now we we, we, we finally have a, a, a likely time period when we'll see it over here. So this comes, as I say, from the from the Australian. Um, um, they managed to chat at the Formula One, actually, by the looks of it, to um, the boss of Warner Brothers Discovery, Western Pacific. This is James Gibbons, um, 
who basically confirmed, I think really for the first time, a bit of a timeline for launching um, streaming into Asia Pacific, but including this market. So what he tells the Australian is, first of all, um, uh, the first stage will be the merger of HBO Max and Discovery Plus, which are the two streaming services that already exist in other markets. So they'll come together first to create one, as he describes it, Uber service. Um, now, once that kind of launches, I'm sure, first of all, in the US, um, his quote then is, uh, and after that, we're going to be rolling that service out in the Asia Pacific region from the second half of 2024. And that includes Australia. And then, as he says, but a date is yet to be confirmed. So in a little over a year's time. So that um, that is the first time that, um, that, that, that we've had that sort of detail or even the fact that they actually do plan on launching here at all. So what's the importance? Uh, yeah, where does that leave Foxtel? Because it, it strikes me that they have the content deals currently, as you mentioned. Where does that leave them in their content slate? Yeah, that is the major challenge. Uh, one subtle little difference I've noticed is that um, uh, we, you know, the, the, the latest deal, which was just done recently, extended it out. Um, it was described as a multi-year deal with them being careful to say exactly when. And I'm pretty sure that at the time, the coverage in the Australian, which bear in mind is part of the same family as Foxtel, so we would be in a position to know, said, I'm sure it said until at least 2024. In this article today, it now says until at least 2025. So maybe there's a little bit of time there. But of course, you know, often what you see is you see these streaming services um, launch with everything that they can, and then gradually they take other things um, back um, in-house. Um, what is interesting in relation to Foxtel, though, and of course, bear in mind this HBO content is so important to retaining Foxtel subscribers, um, retaining subscribers to, to binge and bringing in new subscribers, is there is a quote from Warner Brothers Discovery's Gibbons talking about um, how much they do like doing business with Foxtel. So I, it does feel like um, maybe it won't be the end for the relationship. Even so, the quote is, we're so happy to work with Foxtel. It's really important when you're trying to raise awareness of shows like Succession that you are working with someone who has big sports rights. So maybe even after they launch, it won't be a complete cutting of the ties, but we'll have to see. Next, Nine wins the start to the year in style. The first quarter of the ratings came to an end over the weekend. Tim, on pretty much any metric, Nine absolutely killed it. Tim, what's most interesting in the numbers? Yeah, look, it was a very strong start to the year for nine mostly driven by married at first sight which is no great surprise i suppose because that's been a a hit for a number of years now it's it's worth just disclosing that i'm basing all of this on numbers that nine released over the weekend but that but in turn that's analysis of the numbers crunched by Oztam. so i think they're fairly um they're fairly reliable now as ever there are so many different ways of slicing things you know we um 
we, we sometimes talk about the TV ratings year, which is 40 weeks of the year. So that sort of excludes the summer period when all the sports are on and, and Easter. Um, so we're actually in, in the, 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 the two non ratings weeks of Easter, if you want to think about that. Um, but increasingly people just play for the whole 52 weeks of the year. Um, so if you look at, uh, whether it's, uh, the full calendar year so far or the full survey year so far, the story is very similar. Um, so I, I suppose for want of picking somewhere, I'll look at the survey year where nine's total people share is 42.3%. So that's, that's just the share between nine, seven and 10 doesn't include ABC and SBS and that one. So that's 42.3% of total people, seven, 36.1%, which leaves 21.7% for 10. Um, so that's, um, you know, that, that's quite an interesting squeeze really, because you can see, you know, that, that nine has probably got a bigger gap on seven than it's ever had. Um, and 10 really stayed in the game because of um, Survivor as much as anything. Um, and probably the other key number to look at there is is 25.54 as a demographic, because that's where a lot of the advertisers want to play. And nine is actually slightly stronger there. So 42.7% share, um, seven almost falling below 30%, so 30.4% share, and 10 was much stronger there 26.8 so that's the that's the thing 10 is actually breathing down seven's neck a little in 25.54 this is all in 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 audience for that first quarter and of course the thing to bear in mind in audience is yes advertising share the actual revenue share does tend to follow that but it doesn't correlate directly so you know, closing that gap will be the um, will be the challenge, particularly when seven and nine started so strongly commercially, thanks to cricket and tennis. Um, and it's probably worth, you know, as I, I, I mentioned, that was a share between nine, seven and ten. Um, if you do factor in ABC and SBS, when you look at network shares, then you've got nine. And again, I'm still talking calendar year. Um, in fact, no, let's, let's just to keep it, um, consistent, I'll talk survey year again. So nine in total people, 30.9%, followed by seven. So this is across all of the channels. So, you know, nine go, um, uh, gem, et cetera, um, uh, and, and, and so on for all the channels. So nine on 30.9%, the seven network on 26.4%. Um, you then actually have ABC on 18.4% of total people, which is ahead of 10, which was on 15.8, which leaves the SBS network on 8.5. So, um, so some interesting, some interesting numbers there. And, um, and perhaps if you'll indulge me, uh, Abe, I'll share one more number, which is the, the, uh, the broadcast video on demand shares. So this is the sort of, um, and this is a less settled number, really. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that some of the other networks might take issue that with, with, with this. But um, according to Nine's analysis of the uh, Oztam and um, VPM, which is the virtual Australia numbers, um, Nine's calculation is that it pulled in 55.5% 
of the three-way split of broadcast video on demand viewing with seven pulling in 29.3% and 10, 15.3%. So, so look, it's, you know, I mean, that number is just astonishingly big. Um, that I'll say that number again, 55% for nine versus seven coming next at, at um, just under 30%. So um, that I'm sure was strongly driven by catch-up viewing of maths and also the tennis as well but yeah wow those are um those are some big numbers yeah the broadcast video on demand experiences have gotten far better as well than they were uh, years ago i know my kids uh, have been watching australian idol a lot on the uh, the seven plus service was that enough for for seven having aussie idol yeah do you know what i'm not sure they'd be that happy with how it performed to be honest it was it was just about good enough, but there was a good piece of analysis um, late last week on Umbrella, actually, where they crunched the three-way battle between Australian Idol and Married at First Sight and Survivor because they all came together. And what's super clear is that Married at First Sight on Nine dominated. There was then daylight between the other two, but then um, Survivor consistently uh, was outrating Australian Idol, which is you know, relatively unusual actually for um for you know for a a kind of strict show like that to um to 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 win on ten versus seven. So I think yeah, I, I think seven will be a bit disappointed with Australian Idol. I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't bring it back and I wouldn't be surprised if they kept it. You know, it's it's kind of somewhere there at the moment. Um I think what's more certain is that um seven we very relieved that AFL is back now because obviously that's a real rating staple. And then we're just waiting to see how Million Dollar Island, which is its new format, how that actually goes when that comes. I'm not quite sure when that's actually going to go to air because the production was delayed until I think early this year. So I imagine it might be in the bag by now or almost there. But so much is going to depend on on how that actually goes for seven. Ten. How, how are ten going? Look, they had a wonderful start to the year by 10 standards for Survivor. Um, very well-produced, well-received show. Now that that's finished, obviously, um, the, the, the question is what comes next, which is I'm a celebrity. We're recording this about half an hour before last night's numbers come in, which was the first night of I'm a Celebrity. So we don't know how it launched, but um, they tried to give it the best possible chance by running it in from the end of um, the Formula One Grand Prix. And it might actually have helped the... Uh, what a great, great race it was. It was a very chaotic race, but it was great fun watching. But because there were so many red, red flags, um, the, the race actually ran much later, which means that potentially um, there might have been a bit more carryover audience for I'm a Celebrity. Um, and then I think the thing that's sort of increasingly striking me about 10 is um, what Paramount seemed to be trying to do is um, – more than anyone else, I think, tap into the freshest overseas formats. So, for instance, you know, one which didn't fire last year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went again, um, is Traitors um, or The Traitors, which was, you know, a bit of a kind of, you know, almost like a parlor game, you know, a, a kind of country house version of Survivor, you might almost um, describe it. Um, 
you know, I'm, we talk about I'm a celebrity, of course. That that's a huge format in um, the uh, the UK. So so I think yeah, ten. They've got to invent a world that doesn't have much sport because they missed out on AFL and cricket, and they were never in the running for tennis. Um, never really in the running for NRL. Didn't get the Olympics. So for ten, it's got to be about bringing high production values to. Uh, popular overseas formats and to try and turn them into hits over here. Next, crunch week for betting ads. Unmade. Tim, we've talked about this before. Betting ads are coming under increased scrutiny. It's back in the news today. Yeah, for one main reason, which is it's going to be the talk of Canberra this week. So there's the government's online gambling inquiry kicks off tomorrow. Um, so we're going to be hearing from the bosses of the likes of the AFL and the NRL, um, from some of the gambling companies, including Tabcorp and Sportsbet, um, amongst others. So this is a real kind of crunch moment for that industry but where it becomes kind of relevant to us is is an industry which spends an awful lot on uh buying advertising uh, uh on, uh, on 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 air on australian television and funnily enough there are there are two pieces of research um uh, or, or or data that have come out today that have, have been worked out in different ways but both come to the same uh, same result so um the AFR and also the Sydney Morning Herald slash the age have both looked at the amount of revenue that comes in uh one of them has got that data from standard media index for the people who who track um uh, agency spend the other one is from Nielsen who sort of you know monitor what they see going past and and both of them estimate that um, it's about $300 million in ad dollars. Now, that is a big old chunk of um, what the TV networks are relying on when they did those big deals um, to, 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 to earn the rights to air AFL. Olympics, NRL, etc. That we were that we were just talking about. So um, there was a, a good piece in the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age, which um, they qu- quoted um, Dr. Hunter. I'm struggling on the name Fujak, F-U-J-A-K. So I'm going to guess that's the pronunciation. Who's um, an academic who's who's focused very much on um, the sporting codes, um, making the point that. Um, Gambling advertising is really uh, important for the networks. His quote, it's a very interesting question for Seven specifically because they've locked in their price for AFL for quite a long period of time. If the government came in now and said no more gambling, how could they possibly recoup their revenue? Which is a very good question indeed. And how about gambling ads away from TV? Yeah, that's something which um, we also um, uh, touch upon in that same article, actually. Um, The Age makes the point that what they describe as a loophole in the online gambling debate is, you know, we've got all of these rules about uh, in live sports, no gambling ads during the live sport and not before 8.30. Um, but of course, you've got the likes of TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, all of those other places, um, which aren't covered by the same kind of rules. Now, very broadly, because most of the um, 
uh, the, the 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 big brands involved would subscribe to the um, the AANA Code of Ethics. That's the Australian Association of National Advertisers. So they'd sort of be covered by any code that the AANA comes up with. But of course, you know that's industry regulation, which is separate to you know any kind of um, uh, sort of you know enforced government regulation. And you know I think there's there, there is an increasingly strong argument. That um, what we're um, we're seeing is a failure of industry regulation. You know, the fact that this is going to take place tomorrow, um, this this government inquiry, is because there's public concern that the industry is not taking them along on the journey when it comes to what responsible advertising looks like, and this is the big threat for not just the television industry, but the advertising industry generally, is by being a little bit too greedy about the amount of advertising it's willing to take, the government might just legislate something a lot tougher. Next, the AI battleground. Unmade. Tim, more on AI this morning. First, in The Australian. Yeah, this is um, a piece penned by Michael Miller, the um, executive chairman of News Australia, New, New, News Corp Australia, um, or Australasia, in fact. Um, and glad to see you got the pronunciation correct, uh, Tim. News Corp. <laughs> I did. Yes, I do struggle. I, 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 I struggle with my News Corps and News Corps as uh, as I was I was as I was moaning about on LinkedIn the other day. So you obviously saw my post. Now um, uh, this is something which Michael Miller. He actually, when 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 we interviewed him, um, or two or three weeks back, he made this point. Um, He's basically making the argument that uh, the the AI companies need to deal in the media owners, the creators of the content, which are training these large um, language systems. So I, I, I think what really sums up is his final paragraph of this piece in The Australian. For AI companies, this can be a genuine opportunity, not a threat or handbrake. Partnerships through licensing and commercial arrangements with trusted media brands will deliver what they so desperately need for growth and success, credibility, which is that's definitely the carrot. I think um, if we if we know anything about the relationship between the, 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 the publishers led by News Corp and the platforms is the, the carrot can be followed by the stick. So I suspect that um, we'll, we'll potentially see a, a, a reboot of the news media bargaining code debate as well uh, if AI doesn't come to the table. And Mark Ritson has a contrarian point of view. As he often does, he so does. Um, I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to share one quote from from Ritz, and it's, a, it's another good column in 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 Marketing Week, and I'll include in the show notes the link there, and I'll include in the show notes the link. So here's the quote: My message to all these people is the same. Chat GPT is a toy, a fucking toy. Put it down, or if you want to spend your professional time playing with it. Don't share your games with the rest of us. We have work to do. So um, the argument by Ritson being that, you know, the, the principles of marketing and good marketing come first, and that's what marketers should should focus on, which is, um, hey, that's a fair enough point of view. Well, we'll leave it on that note for today. I think uh, Ritson's always a great place to end. We'd love to hear what you think, though, at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. 
Unmade will be back tomorrow with Tuesday data. Sedgur and I have been crunching the numbers on which of the unmade index companies had a good and bad first quarter. Find out our ranking tomorrow. And don't forget to buy your ticket to Humane, Unmade's exploration of where AI meets marketing and media. It will be a fascinating time together. Go to humane.au. Get your early bird ticket now to maximise your saving. That's H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U. Don't forget, if you want to support Unmade, you can become a paying member and get even cheaper tickets. Go to unmade.media to find out about that. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.